Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. You guys, Devin and I just talked 10 minutes of off-mic conversation that we finally said, we got to get on the mic. Let's get on this thing because we have so much to say about the recent programming that we've been watching, which includes Love is Blind season three, Bachelor in Paradise season 1000. I don't even know where we are. Season eight. (laughs) I mean, I've been watching Southern Charm season five, which is another completely different topic that we just, we simply do not have time to tackle today. We don't have time for Married at First Sight. We don't have time for Sister Wives. <laughs> we don't have time for my childhood. We don't have time for me to subtweet every ex I have. I have been reading a book called No Visible Bruises, and it's about domestic violence. It's such an interesting book. It's one of those books where once you read it, you keep quoting it. But even the writer says she had to take a break from reading or researching domestic violence because she said, I am starting to see every man as um, a, a perpetrator and every woman as a victim. Cut to me watching Bachelor in Paradise. Cut to me watching Love is Blind. When you're watching Being, Love like, is Blind, that is 911, yeah. police, I do not believe in you. But while you're still in force, can you please arrest Cole? We need to get Nancy out. Nancy needs out. And I don't, I don't like Colleen or Colleen as Cole refers to her. But I want her to get out, too. This guys, this weird apartment complex in the middle of Dallas that is like so like looks like an Ikea showroom. We need to infiltrate this apartment complex because there are some people in there who need a lot of help. Namely, the SWAT team needs Na- to come in. The SWAT team needs to come in for Zenob, Nancy and Colleen. Yeah, Devin and I cannot storm the apartment complex. We are just two individuals. but. You know, it's so funny. I was watching it with my mom last night. My poor mom, she is uh, 
has to live with me and like gets all this stuff, but um, she doesn't have to live with me. Okay. She chooses to, and I build a nice <laughs> life for my family, but uh, she was watching it and she goes, so I guess love isn't blind. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the theme there. of the season. You know, it's interesting. They've reduced the amount of the Lachey's being present. And that's a good thing. But they've increased the amount of absolute insane debauchery. Like they have completely let go of any inclination to like try to find good human beings or like they want people to actually fall in love. It's like, no, they have chosen absolute psychopaths. They're letting them get so wasted this season. Like they're just wasted in every scene. Every episode has a scene where they all party together and then someone gets upset and then like everyone starts crying, which last week ended in this big party where like first of all they brought back the people from the pods who got rejected and so this insane conversation happens where andrew the guy with the fake tears like comes up to nancy and he's like how's it been going meanwhile both bartice and cole have attempted this method where they tell their partners like i'm not as attracted to you as i am to other people but i still want to see where this goes it's also the act as if like I am doing a holy like in the real world. Colleen is someone who's like more my type. And I'm like, you know, that's just what it is. But we don't have the connection that we have. It's so nuts. Like no one is putting a gun to these guys heads. And they're like, yes. OK, you want it out of me? I think Raven's hot. Raven looks good. OK, she's like a smoke show. You look to Nancy and Nancy has like a look that all women recognize, which is like, I'm smiling. I'm trying not to betray my emotions, but like truly what just happened? Are you trying to kill me? The craziest thing about Bartise is that he thinks he's coming across well. Like he thinks he's making sense and that people will like him. And same with Cole, but like, I feel like Cole will maybe have a little bit more like regret after the season. And he's a little bit less like bald faced about it. I think he will too. Okay, so like when Bartiz introduces Nancy to his family, so this was a calculated move, I think. He introduces Nancy to his family and he immediately brings up the fact that she said she would have an abortion. Like clearly because he knows his family doesn't support that. And then when his sister gets upset, he starts being like, yeah, well, I wasn't a Nancy, but now that my sister doesn't approve, I don't know what I'm going to do. He wanted to plant something that he could use as an out. Like, oh, so just so you know, since my sister was like kind of anti- but imagine you're meeting a man's family for the first time who's religious <laughs> and he goes, because I have dated someone who we like argued about abortion and his family was like anti-abortion. <laughs> Makes me think of Eric Andre. Are you anti-abortion? Because I'm uncle abortion. <laughs> what did you say we do it? Get rid of the damn thing. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to imagine if that person had been like, oh, this guy's this is Devin. And by the way, she said she would have an abortion. Like, <laughs> no, I would so never funny. I would never recover. I would die. Bartice is being like, and isn't that crazy? Because I told her, like, I would never do that. Like to say that about anything, even if it was like, yeah, Devin told me she would like jaywalk. And I just told her, like, I would never do that to say that in front of your family when I'm meeting them. Like, Goodbye. And then they cut to them in the apartment and he's like playing video games. And Nancy's like, yeah, it's really hard because like Bartise told me he's not attracted to me anymore. I'm like, somebody needs to step in. I don't know if it's the Lachey's. I don't know if it's the Simpsons, (laughs) but someone needs to step in because this is absolutely going to damage this woman for life. That's the thing, too. I'm like, I'm so confused. Like on all of these women, too, Zenob as well. It's like Cole's being like, yeah, she's not really my type. She looks like a Kardashian. She's like stunning. So I just don't get it. And then So the whole thing gets brought up again because Zenob and Matt, the spurned partners, 
start talking about the whole thing that happened where Cole hit on Colleen, basically. And this is a moment, too, where it's like this is the difference between men and women is like Zenob is also saying like, yeah, the more I think about that conversation, I'm actually still kind of pissed about it. And Matt is saying the same thing, but it's fucking terrifying. Like then he goes up to Colleen and he's like, am I just supposed to get over that or something like he's so pissed. Then they go back to the apartment complex. This was the crazy, one of the craziest things I've ever seen on reality TV. Speaking of Bartis and the fact that he's going to think that people will like him after this. So then they go back to the apartment complex and Nancy and Bartis are talking about the fact that he's not attracted to her. And what is she supposed to do about that? Which, by the way, he still got jealous of her talking to Andrew. He's the worst type of guy. Like he told her he's not attracted to her. She she talks to Andrew and she's not even she's like, I have no interest in you. I don't regret choosing Bartiz, but like, I think I am more in love with him than he is with me. And it's like really hard. Bartiz still gets jealous, whatever. So then they're arguing about that, at the apartment complex. And then Matt calls Bartiz and he's like, where's Colleen? I can't find Colleen. She went to the club at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday. Then Bartiz goes to Matt's apartment and he's trying to talk him down from like a fucking insane rage spiral about Colleen going to the club at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, which like. I, it's weird because, again, it's like I relate to what he's saying at the core, which he literally says, I don't want to tie my life to someone who goes to the club at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, which same. Sure. But you're saying it with a huge, crazy arm tattoo that looks like you were branded in a fraternity and you are getting red face. And I again, maybe it's because I'm reading a book about domestic violence. Maybe it's because I just have my hackles up like my dog does when she thinks there's an intruder coming to my house. I just am feeling like, no, 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 no around this guy. Okay, around both these guys, because then Bartise starts going, oh, bro, I would love to have your problems right now. I would love if Nancy was at the club at 2 a.m., but instead, I'm not even attracted to her. And even Matt in, in his rage spiral is like, okay, I get that Wait. you're saying. <laughs> like, he's like, okay, I get you're like trying to be helpful, but like, stop saying you wish you... Because that's an insane thing to say, like, oh, your girlfriend's missing and she's at a club without you. Like, I wish I had your problems right now. I'm not even attracted to mine like that in and of itself is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And that's the cliffhanger they leave us with. And the cliffhanger basically is like, will these women get the help they need? (laughs) It's true. That is actually that you're right that the cliffhanger is. Is everyone going to be, are they going to get out? You know, like. Be okay. Are they going to be okay? It's really dark. And I want to tie this to Bachelor in Paradise. We watched um, the most recent two ups and there were highs. Like, for instance, one of my favorite parts (laughs) were um, twins, 23, 24 year old twins named like Joey and Jack, or I don't even know. Like Joey and Justin. Joey, Justin, they look, I'm not just saying this. They look 14 to 16 years old. They look I, I there were older guys in my high school. That's how it feels. I agree. They they both look like the little boy from um the new White Lotus, like the teen boy. Yes. Michael Imperioli's no, teen he son. He looks like 10 years older than him. But yes. The Bachelor in Paradise, the whole scene that happens in the end with Genevieve and Aaron fighting while Victoria and Johnny are listening. It reminded me of the White Lotus, the new setup where it's like the two couples who are talking yeah. shit about each other. It's it's very Mike White vibes. On, on paradise. I have something to say about that, but also watching Aaron with Genevieve, Aaron, who I've loved when he freaks out on Genevieve, that is devastating. And it's the same thing. I'm like, I do not feel good about this. And there are certain times when 
I see a man and I've, I've seen this with like friends of friends. I've been out and seeing like if a guy is speaking to a girl, I just go in my head like, no, 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 no. Time to leave. Time to leave. You can't speak to me that way. No, thank you. No, thank you. And at one point she says something like, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. And Aaron's like, yeah. And if you were yelling, this conversation would be over. No, he's so dismissive. By the way, it all starts to unravel because basically Justin shows back up and Genevieve's like, ew, he sucks. If anything, if anything, I can see like being annoyed that Genevieve is talking so much shit about. It's like when you talk too much shit about your ex and the person you're with is like, all right, I get it now. Not that I've ever done that. (laughs) Me, I would never. But she's kind of talking a lot of shit about him. And Aaron does this thing that I hate so much where like he gets annoyed and then she's like, is everything okay? And he's like, I'm fine. What? I'm fine. And I'm like, you know what, Aaron? Why don't you take a flight to Dallas and go to the most synthetic looking apartment complex, wander the halls till you hear screaming. And that's where you're going to find your crew because that is where you belong with Matt and Bartice. I was wondering where that was going. I was like, we are, <laughs> I didn't know they were in Dallas. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to touch on, though, the highlight of the Bachelor in Paradise um, episodes is the fact that Florence, this Australian hottie, never knew she was there, never heard of her until this moment. But go ahead. Yeah. Shanae, who is hot and like to me, like the star of the season. Totally. She goes on a date with twins. These two 30 women in their 30s. They say they're 30, but I know they're like 32 my age. Go on a date with two. Say they say they're 24. They look 18, 18 year olds. They make out with them. And it's just it looks like two like 35 year olds making out with 16 year old boys. It's so crazy. Laterno is Laterno vibes. But also <laughs> my favorite. Speaking of White Lotus Sicily, my favorite conversation is between one of the twins and Florence and she's European and he goes, oh, you're European. Me, too. I'm from Italy. And she's like, oh, really? And I'm meanwhile, I'm like, OK, it's not even the slightest accent, but he's from Italy. OK. And then he goes, and all my best friends are from Europe, like Turkey, all these places. Like, I love Europe. She's like, oh, cool. So then she says, well, I love the Italian culture. Like, I love Italy. And he goes, yeah, you know, I've actually never been there. Wow. Yeah, I've never been to Europe at all. I was like, all right, this is <laughs> unraveling fast, my friend. You need to call your mom because you're not prepared for this. I wanted to touch on White Lotus because I think that Mike White nailed something which is so specific, which is the two couples, which, yeah. which you were referencing before. Love. Aubrey Plaza giving, I think, the best performance of her career and her husband. I normally playing, can't stand her, but I like that. Likewise, I just think that she's really delivering. And Theo James, whatever his name, and his wife. And something that I think is so interesting is that when they're hanging out and their rooms are next to each other and the unhappy couple is hearing them like the giggle and have fun. And I was like, that is such a specific feeling when you do not like a couple or you think that you're like better than a couple, but then you're hearing them and seeing them have a good time. And you're like, wait, I'm like, miserable kind of or like I'm not as happy but I think you're stupid but I don't know what to do about this but obviously I'm struggling too I really relate there was like this couple one of my exes and I we like the more our relationship like unraveled and disintegrated the more we would talk shit about this one couple we knew and yes. be like can you believe like they you know what like she wants to get married and you know what he's never gonna settle down like he doesn't even want that like what is she thinking by the way, she seemed so unhinged at dinner, whatever. And then when I was breaking up with that ex, let's say the other couple was named like Sarah and Stephen. So while we were having our breakup conversation, he goes, we used to laugh at couples like Sarah and Stephen and look at us <laughs> now. And I was like, OK, meanwhile, flash forward, Sarah and Stephen married with children. And I am alone in a dark room. No, anyway. But yeah, I really... <laughs> Agreed. As soon as I realized that was going to be like the central dynamic of this season, I was like, Mike White is such a fucking genius. And I'm so excited. And I couldn't be happier that this is about to unfold in front of my eyes. 
Something that's so interesting too, and you see it a little bit, is when you can tell another couple is judging you and your relationship. Like at one point when Aubrey Plaza is ordering for him, basically, and she's like, no, I don't want to do fish. And then she sees the other couple looking at her and says, oh, you know, okay, let's do fish. I just normally don't like it because it's so fishy. And it happens in Bachelor in Paradise too, when Genevieve and Aaron are fighting around like literally everyone on the beach and everyone gets up to leave to like give them space. And she goes, you know, like everyone's listening to us. Like this is so embarrassing. And I think it's so interesting because to have your private life out there or to or for anyone to see you fight or for there just to be weirdness with you and your partner in front of people is such a specific hell. But it's also universal. Like you cannot maintain this like perfect facade all the time. Well, it's also interesting because in paradise, like you often forget that they're just right in front of each other all the time until they start cheering. It's like the second someone kisses, you're like, oh, sweet moment. So and they're all like, Woo! It reminds me of high school. It's very high school because they also all like get involved. Like now Eliza is in this love triangle where she has to choose between Rodney and Justin. The perfect human. And everyone's being like, okay, I hope she just knows that Rodney's a way better person and he's obviously who she should pick. Like what's going on? And I'm like, this is so much pressure on her. Although I do think Rodney is better and he's so cute. And also Justin seems shady and weird. But yeah, it's really odd that they all get so involved. and. I do understand where Genevieve was coming from. I mean, it's obvious that Aaron is like the type of guy that just hangs out with his friends all the time instead of with her. And she had asked him to go to the pool. He said no. And then he asked Johnny to go to the pool. And she was like, hey, can we just have 10 minutes alone? And he's like, this is also one of my least fucking favorite. This is okay. My ex used to do this to me all the time. The thing where he goes, what are you doing right now? Like she brings something up and he goes, wait, what are you doing right now? Like immediately trying to make her feel crazy. And she's like, I'm just asking for 10 minutes alone. And then she is an emotional person, as she says. And I relate to that a lot <laughs> where like then as soon as he reacts that way, like she's done, basically, like she's so flustered. Like I get that, though, and I respect that in a way No, I do, too. I feel the exact same way. Like if someone reacts to me that way, I'm out. I have to say something that I thought of you, too. Um, Devin and I are obviously students of Glennon Doyle. And on Glennon Doyle's podcast, Gina Davis was on it, and Gina Davis said, my new assignment for my life is to shorten my authentic reaction to things in real time. Mm. And it, it's it was helpful for me to hear that because my greatest regret in relationships is just not authentically reacting out of fear of like what it was going to look like if I was going to piss my partner off, like yeah. if I was going to say the wrong thing. And it was really Bethany Frankel, the Real Housewives franchise that helps me realize like you can freak out in the middle of the dinner if your boundaries aren't being met, if someone's yeah. being an asshole to you. I had a dinner with this guy, a friend of my ex's, and we were all there. And he basically asked me to pay more on the check, even though he personally owed me $50. And well, amongst other things. And he asked me in front of everyone. I said like, oh, I think I owe 29. I don't drink. So I probably owed less. And he was like, why don't you just pay 30? And my regret is not standing up at that table and saying, you know what? You're full of shit. And why don't you cover my entire check? Then looking around and being like, is no one going to back me up? Really just making a meal out of it. And that sounds so dramatic. When I brought that up to my ex, he was like, please, I'm glad you didn't do that. That's crazy. But in retrospect, it's like, just like you ask your boyfriend or a friend to have your back, you need to show yourself that you have your back. You need to give yeah. yourself that dignity. And this is something that I'm realizing at this point in my life now. Like, 
I need to stand up for myself so I can count on myself so I can go with the confidence to know that if someone does cross me or if someone does fuck me over, like I can count on myself to stand up to myself and I can live with that safety. How did we get here? I don't know. I guess I'm saying that I like that about Genevieve. If someone can't handle you just bringing up like a small thing, asking for your needs, like they're just not ready to be in a relationship. That's the thing is I feel like my ex who this happened with, I think one time I literally called him and was like, it really bothered me that like you didn't respond to me at all last night, (laughs) which is normal when you're in a relationship to be annoyed if someone doesn't respond to you. And he was like, wait, what are you doing? Wait, what's happening? Yeah. And I was like, what language are you? What am I doing? Like, I'm saying something bothered me. That's normal. That's being in a relationship. So that's how I feel about Aaron is that he's like, wait, I wanted to just have a beer and go in the pool and you're bringing something up like, okay. And it's like, so then you just don't want to be in a relationship. So then leave. But then this insane sequence of events occurs where then Genevieve is like, I'm actually leaving. Wait, this was such a funny exchange. She goes, hey, can I talk to you? Completely normal, completely placid, totally normal. And he goes, uh, sure. (laughs) And she goes, wait, why did you? What's with the hesitating? What? And he was like, what do you mean? Like, again, like being such an asshole. And she goes, wait, I'm like, why did you why did you take so long to say yes? And he goes, because this is when I'm like, I would fucking lose it. He goes, because it's about what I want to do, too. It's about if I'm free, not just if you're free to talk, it's about if I'm free to talk. Then she basically, again, such a good move, such Candace breaking the fourth wall in Potomac. She looks to the side and goes, are you fucking kidding me? And walks off and goes, tell him I'm leaving. I... Just I I literally when this happened, my brain zipped away to a fantasy of if a man ever wrongs me again, I'm getting on a plane. I literally was fantasizing about (laughs) don't know the city, don't know the place, don't know where I'll be, but I will get on a plane and say goodbye because of the the amount of times that I've been like, okay, we I'm going to just like sit through this and spend the night in this place. I don't want to be in with someone who's treating me like shit, whatever. I'm getting out. I'm leaving on a jet plane, baby. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that as Lady Gaga put it in her documentary, five foot two, my capacity. What did she say? Sorry. (laughs) She (laughs) She says, says, I'm really short. That's what she says in that documentary. She she says my capacity for male bullshit is I don't have it. I don't have it. I have zero. I just can't. I can't. I can't anymore. I have too much to do to try to communicate what I need and for you to break down. Yeah. A guy could literally tell, and I'm speaking for you too, because I know this is true. A guy could tell you or me like, hey, my flight is at 6 a.m. I need you to drive me to the airport at 4.30. Can you do it? And I'd be like, okay, I can figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. Or I'll pay for a car service. We'll just get there. If I told a guy like, hey, can you meet me for lunch tomorrow? I just been having such a hard time and like we can talk. At least... My history has not shown me that I've found men who can meet my needs like that. No, not even the most basic things. And that's all that Genevieve wants is a basic response. But then the crazy thing is that so then she threatens to leave and he's like, wait, no, I'm not done. And he goes and talks to her and everybody, again, is like cheering for them. And they're like, of course, the dad guy is like, man, they're just like Sid and Nancy. And everyone's like, wait, who is that? Like, don't you mean Maddie and Nate from Euphoria? (laughs) And they're also like, oh, you know, the couple that killed each other, the murder-suicide couple? Cool, cool, romantic. Do you know that story? This is the thing, too. They all keep being like, here's the thing. If you can fight like this and make up, you're meant to be. 
This is a false narrative. And I, the only person who said something correct, I think it was Johnny who said like, this is supposed to be the honeymoon phase. Like it's supposed to be easy. That was the only correct statement made. Everyone else was like, listen, sometimes you just got to threaten to leave. Sometimes you just got to get in these huge blowout fights. And then that's how you prove you love each other. It's like, no, it should not be that way. Was it ever that way with grocery store Joe and Serena? No. And it shouldn't be that way with them either. Oh, my God. They just got married. They had a court ceremony. It was I know. So They're perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to talk about something that we would be remiss to not talk about, which is <laughs> the return of... I thought for a second, like, what is she talking? And then I was like, oh, thank No, I do want to talk to you about something. And I've been meaning to bring this up to you, Carolina. No, I'm kidding. Um, the return of Hayden to the beach. This was such a wild move by producers. 
It was. And, you know, it was wild to send the twins. If if they didn't have Shanae, yes. like, the twins would have been totally lost. It would have been, like, I mean, it really felt like it was just, like, kids without their mom wandered onto the beach, like, lost. But Shanae made it. Shanae literally said she's, like, on her way to the date. She goes, we're going to find out. Are you a man or are you not? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> So what? crazy. And then they're, they do, like, weird fucking... Relay they roll each other back. up in tacos. Someone came up with that idea like five years ago on Bachelor in Paradise. And let's just say we got it. Also, let's think about Wells Adams calling Sarah Highland at the end of the day being like, how was your day, babe? And she's like, it's good. I was stuck on a rooftop in Vegas with all the contestants for Love Island. How was your day? And he's like, it's good. I was watching Shanae pour baked beans all over <laughs> a 25 year old boy and roll him up in a blanket. Anyway, um, love you. Love you. So Hayden returns to the beach and of course the only person who's willing, the one thing I will say is like, at least no one was giving him the time of day. Everyone was kind of like, all right, this guy sucks. Like he's not even hot. He basically brings nothing to the table. But of course, Kate wants to go on a date with him. She says it's because she wants to make Logan like prove that he wants her. But at the same time, it's like, she kind of just wants attention. I think she wants like, yeah, screen time, attention. She was truly laying it out for them. She was like, my advice is like, don't care what anyone thinks and just go for it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so I guess Kate want to go. The best is that when she tells Logan that she's going to go on a date, Logan's like, I mean, yeah, like I went on dates. Just I would be hypocritical. Go for it. The same thing Rodney does. And she goes, he just told me to go. He didn't care if I lived or died. You're like, I that might be a stretch. But <laughs> I do kind of relate to that sentiment where it's like if I'm dating someone and they're like, I think I'm going to stay in tonight. I'm like, OK, cool. So you don't care if I literally get hit by a bus and die. I think it's Eliza and Kate not wanting to reject these guys. We see it with Victoria and Johnny, too. It's like this fear that women have of just being like, I'm actually more into him. Sorry. It's why I like Genevieve because she's just like brand. But she even does it where she's like, you're not giving me enough affection. Just be like, I actually like this guy more. I'm yeah, sorry. I know. Do you, like I, you can be uncomfortable, but it's we have been raised to believe that men can't be. Victoria is actually the only one who kind of did it in an honest way where she was just like, yeah, I like them both, but I like Johnny better, which I find confusing as a choice, but whatever. <laughs> um, so Hayden, now his story has changed. I think when he was on The Bachelorette, he said, like, my dog only has like a month to live or something. And honestly, it's been like almost a year since they filmed that. And the dog is still alive. And he's saying now the dog has nine more months to live. The dog either never existed or never had cancer. This is all a scam. <laughs> he also has said that he has paid six figures, meaning at least $100,000 for the dog to get maybe one more year, which I, if you look at my Instagram feed, you know how I feel about dogs. I don't even know if people deserve dogs. I love them more than anything. I think it's inhumane to keep a dog that's suffering alive. So I'll just say that. Yeah, I'm I'm saying goodbye. No, <laughs> I mean, past low five. I'm saying that, you know what? The universe didn't want this dog with us anymore. And that's really sad. But when Hayden says this, Kate's response, her face lights up and she goes, Hayden, uh, what? Like as if he's telling her that he has a beach house or something, because that's basically what she hears is like, oh, so you're rich. And it's going to factor in because the scenes from next week, she basically Can't tells wait. Shanae, she goes to the one audience she knows will yeah. be able to listen to this. And she goes, well, I really love Logan, but also but Hayden's Hayden rich. Money. And she and goes, Shanae which we goes, love. Yeah. Yeah. Which we love. 
Um, and she goes, I mean, if you can spend a hundred grand on your dog and I'm like, you could not spend enough money for me to spend an hour with Hayden. No, no. When they showed him brushing his hair, I was like, no. He reminds me of um, Zach Galifianakis does that character of his twin brother that is slightly effeminate with his hair slicked back. Yeah. And that's like Southern. And he's like, ha, like. I saw two men holding hands today, and I thought that was funny. Like, he's <laughs> that guy. Also, like, he doesn't have a single other conversation topic besides the dog. It's, like, a little bit, like, even if your dog is dying. He brings it up all the time. He says it's, like, he's, like, well, what, what, you know, what is your morals? Well, me, I have a golden retriever. I think I talk about my dog a lot, and I would never hold people hostage with the story of my dog in its caved-in head. All he needs to do is... <laughs> watch one show and he'll have something else to talk about besides the dog watch succession watch succession talk about uncle greg Cu- uncle greg cousin greg oh that's what i was thinking i was like if they really want to stir the pot they need to start bringing in d-list celebrities to the beach that aren't on the bachelor franchise well i don't know if you remember but when david spade was the guest host there was a girl that hit on him Demi, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm like, bring in like a John Stamos type and watch the girls totally. like flood their pants. These girls need to start flooding their pants or else I'm done. <laughs> no, but I think next week is going to be drama. The trailer was so good. I was laughing out loud so hard. I was in a bad mood and there's shots of them all holding each other collectively as a crying. group and crying. Then Serene is crying and someone goes, what is happening? And she goes, I have no idea. I'm scared I'm like, that they're going to break Island up. Has Island been attacked? No, they're not going to break up. I know it. It looks like that. It looks like that reality show where 9/11 happened, but they, it was like <laughs> in the early aughts. There was like the trend of whatever. This was a type of reality show that happened in the wake of Survivor mania, where basically they did a reality show to see if a bunch of modern people could live on a ship as if it was the 1800s. So they were on the ship when 9/11 happened, and they had no idea. That could be what is coming up next week. Yeah, what do they find out? Like January 6th happened two years ago. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't what it know could that. Be. Yeah, they didn't know that. Well, I am so excited. We have so much more to cover too. Like we need to jump back into the SLC and Potomac game. We'll definitely finish Bachelor in Paradise. We've come so far together as it. It's already blowing Gabby and Rachel season out of the fucking water. I completely forgot about them until Hayden was like, yeah, they're not as attractive as my ex. And they were in it for the wrong reasons. And you're like, Hayden, you are the kind of guy who like buckles his pants over his belly button. (laughs) 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 It's like a belt in mid waist. He has like a tie that touches his knees. I am really sad about Aaron. I was scouring like the blogs. I was trying to find out any news. I knew that Genevieve and him are probably broken up, but I just need to know. Like, I'm just so I'm saddened by it. Justice for Genevieve, honestly. Speaking of Gabby and Rachel's Gabby and Eric looks like they broke up. Yep. Well, that's good. I know. And I'm like, come on. You can't like you can't be with someone who did blackface. That's just one on one. That is. But also, I think she's really coming into her own on Dancing with the Stars. And we love to see it. So tune in next week. We will keep you posted on Trouble in Paradise. And on whether love really is blind. It's not. (laughs) Love you, Devin. Love you. All I ever wanted was a little.
They have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.